0: Okay, Real quick before we get started, you guys have probably heard that intro a bunch of times over the last year or so that I've put out podcasts, um, that me asking those questions and saying the answer to them is mindset, and now I have a couple options to help you with that. Um, I'm mostly focusing on the newer techs now to help bring them up into the industry and help them get further, faster. First option I have is the PDR Launchpad, and that's for techs uh, between zero and two years in business. Uh, it's an eight-week program to help you launch your business into success. The second option that I have is the Young Guns PDR Twenty Group. That's for techs up to five years in business, zero to five years in business. I'm partnered up with Gene Fetty on that, and that is a mastermind group that runs for a year to help you get your business further faster. So, uh, if you want to know when these signups are open for that, then go to my website at CoachCoreyK.com and enter in your email address. You'll be in my email list, and when I open when I open enrollment for either of those programs, you will know. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have this guest on. The guest is Eric Garves. I probably should have asked if how I said that. Is that right? It's Garvis. Garvis. Gosh, darn it. That's okay. We're going to leave the flub in there. I've done this before. I Usually, I've been good about asking, but I forgot. Eric Garvis, I apologize. Um, probably someone who has changed our industry more than anybody else ever has. He was a co-creator of Mobile Tech Rx. The other co-creator, co-founder was Damon Simmons. I asked you how to pronounce that one. (laughs) The app that has made us look more professional, quote higher prices and help systematize our business and help collect customer data. Today, we explore the journey of creating it, growing it and now selling it and what that means for our industry. Welcome to the podcast, Eric Garvis. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Corey. And don't worry, everybody messes up the last name. My (laughs) wife actually didn't take my last name because of that.
0: (laughs) My wife actually wishes she didn't. So her last name was Hayes, H-A-Y-S. And my last name is Kleinfeldt, K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-D-T. And she looks back and I'm like, man, she just went with tradition. She's like, I wish I didn't, but too Mm -hmm. late. (laughs) Uh, How I start every podcast how did you find this weird little niche of PDR?
1: Let's see. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned a name earlier on, Damon Simmons, mm-hmm. and so he was uh, critical to my PDR career. So actually, I apologize. If you it's may okay. hear some dogs and
0: babies And my kid and, and my kids. Yep. So mm-hmm. Welcome to the stuff. real
1: life. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I went uh, to college in Arizona, and I, I studied economics there, and had no idea what PDR was, didn't even know it existed, didn't know you could even fix dents on cars. Uh, but while I was in college, my uh, friend Damon was actually learning how to do PDR. His dad was a used car manager, knew how lucrative it was and kind of you know, used his connections to get Damon trained uh, over in Dallas. And so um, I knew he was onto something because we would meet up in Las Vegas once a year and I'm just, you know, a waiter paying my my way through college and yeah. I'm doing the dollar blackjack tables and he's running around throwing a hundred dollars on black and, you know, spending money like it's nothing. And I'm like, like, wait, we're both like 18, 19, like what, mm-hmm. what, are, what are, how are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, that caught my attention. And so when I graduate, I moved back home and had the opportunity to shadow him.
0: Where was right that in, home?
1: Uh, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Okay. So I actually went up to Dallas where he was mm-hmm. at, shadowed him, said, Hey, you're going out there writing up, you're, you're fixing these cars. Let me write them up for you. Let me help, you know, yeah. do something. Yeah. So I'm writing up a $65 car. And it's by the time I'm done putting in the VIN and the car and the panels, he's done. And was he's an excellent like, car. And I'm yeah. like, what in the world? Like, sure. And so it was also a beautiful, you know, day. The weather was nice. And it was like, mm-hmm. you have like the best job ever. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, he was gracious enough to say, hey, if you want to learn how to do it, I'll take you under my wing. And so I kind of brought the business side and I did the best I could to participate with building the websites and making our invoices and, you know, doing the statements, you know, taking hundred invoices at the end of the month and hand pecking all of them into Excel and then sending them off. So I did all the business side of it while I kind of studied under
0: him. That's awesome. So that's actually funny. So I didn't know any of that. We, we you and I've never actually had a conversation outside of when you did customer support back in 2015 with take Tech Rx, but- It's funny how your like the struggle or the stuff you go through becomes the idea that that changes things. So, like you said, you it was a quick little mention, but you're like every month I'm sitting there in Excel like you're like basically data entry. You're like I went to college and now I'm like putting (laughs) like stuff in Excel and and I'm guessing at some point you're like there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, And so the next logical question, I mean, obviously people know you're one of the founders of Mobile Tech RX, like how, how was the idea born? Did it come from another app? Did you, were you just like, there's a better way to do this. I'm going to build it from the ground up. Like what, where'd it come from?
1: I will say the initial initial idea actually came from my wife and I've, uh, this will be the first time I've publicly given her credit for it. So I'm going to oh, make sure no. she listens to this. Yeah.
0: yeah send her the request. Um,
1: but she actually you know, <clears throat> uh, is in HR and had mentioned to me years and years and years ago, you need to do some sort of work order software, like that would make, you know, your business so much more efficient. And the industry would probably like that. And I blew it off. Like, you don't understand dent guys in the dent repair industry. Like, this is a thing. Apps don't
0: (laughs) work.
1: So I blew it off. And then so um, years and years later, um, I I did kind of realize like, wait a second, like apps, as you mentioned earlier, like apps are everyone's got a phone and everyone's yeah. got an app and there's an app for this and an app for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are we, why am I using an Excel program on a big chunky laptop in the car at a dealership, putting in VINs before we go give a list to the manager and before we turn in an invoice, just yeah. because we don't want to double bill, and like yeah. adding, you know, I used to do that for checking double billing, and it was it, yeah. was, it worked, but it was really tedious, and mm-hmm. you could mess up really easy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so this, and you did. why We all did. Know, <laughs> we, were, we were doing work in Dallas and Austin. It's like, why are we having to find a way on you know the end of the month to meet up in some parking lot, hand off invoices, and, and go off and. When someone calls for an, an that's invoice. That's
0: almost funny because we all did that so much.
1: And <laughs> oh, that's in, in two weeks later, oh, I get a text of, a, of an invoice. Like, oh, I forgot. Like, this one must have blown away. Like, mm-hmm. add this to the statement. I'm like, okay, that's an $800 invoice. Like, how many of these did we lose? Mm-hmm. There's so many things. So I was like, we got to we gotta get better here. And so I actually uh, went to MTE with the intention of hope, you, you know finding something that already existed. And so we went out there, and and there were a couple of products at the time. We went back and tested all of them, uh, used several of them. Yeah. And it was that process that led to mobile tech. Me seeing like,
0: okay. none of these okay. aren't really
1: that great. Yeah. And like I can tell that there wasn't a technician, masterminding what to do here, and little things even like check boxes. Mm. Uh, be in one color and, and turning to another color that it went in direct sunlight. You couldn't really tell if it was selected or not. Just like, mm. I mean, yeah, countless exactly. little Stuff, things like yeah. that. And so we were like, you know what? Like there's no way that anybody's going to take her advice and and actually make what we want. Yeah. So like,
0: let's just make our I, own. I, f- I love about this industry that there's, I mean, gosh, darn, I'll, pretty much everything, if not close to everything has been created by a either previous or current PDR technician from, from yeah. the tools to the skills, the training to so much MTE stuff to business masterminds to the app, like all that it was just really cool. Cause it actually helps so much to have, to have technicians building this stuff because you know that like, you ha- like, Oh, these meeting up in parking lots, uh, duplicate invoices, uh, writing stuff down, actually physically losing invoices. Uh, things like that like they're all problems that mm-hmm. this that electronically can be solved um when when did mobile tech rx start and then when did your wife tell you you should do it <laughs> i want to know both those dates if you have or rough ideas
1: uh this is a comeback to haunt me as evidence in a divorce one day or something yeah i
0: know yeah 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 that <laughs> so, it, it, Podcast.
1: it was maybe uh uh 2002 Twelve-ish is maybe when she when kind she of made would, like, the first comments about it, seed. and then yeah. you know, 2014, middle of the year, sort of is when we said, you know, let's let's try it. Like, yeah. Okay, so a couple of years, but so that yeah. that's just pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, they're... she's she's somewhat of a futurist; she kind of uh, sees things well in advance. That's awesome. That's and awesome. so, yeah, we took about six months or so to kind of develop, you know, V1 of the product, and mm-hmm. and went to MTE. Our first MTE was actually 2015. Nice. Yeah. So it was a, it was a rough trade show. We had a product that was not released yet. And if you were coming up to do a demo, we had to do the demo for you because we knew the sequence of buttons you could touch without crashing the app. And so we <laughs> had full control and uh, we didn't release till a few months later. Mm-hmm. And so you were definitely one of the first uh, users because I, I think was, you said yeah. you found invoices dated back to... Yeah, you know, I had
0: estimates. Basically, we, we did rare hail jobs, Northern California... We'd get hail a car a month or something. People would drive, and so this came out, and we were like, "We, this is the best way to estimate for hail." There's matrices built in, matrices built into it, matrices, and uh, we we were so ahead of the curve that we would send this to an insurance adjuster or to a body shop, and they're like, "I, this is awesome." It's like yeah. spelled out, it's sectioned out, it's like why you're charging, yeah, all this stuff. And so we used to be like, oh, we'll do the hail car for X price. And then it was like, now we're getting, I think the estimate number eight is the earliest one I could find. Because maybe the first ones didn't get sent to my email automatically, which is what I'm assuming. But people
1: to test, test ones and they end up deleting them
0: or maybe I don't know what I did at the time but estimate number eight was on July 23rd, 2015. And it was a hail car. I remember actually doing this hail car cause I, I, I screwed it up and we had to push to paint the roof cause I don't do that much hail. I'm better now. I went to a hail storm last week. Um, and I actually held my own, but estimate number eight, twenty three on 2015, it was a hail car for like 4,800 bucks or something like that. And so I remember looking back, I was like, man, it's been so long, but, um, I'm glad you created the app I've used because I I heard about it, jumped right on it. And I remember having all these ideas like for the app, right? Because when I like as a millennial or whatever, I'm like, I've used apps my whole life. Things are just supposed to like work and like constantly get better and do all that. And not knowing the business end of like, actually, I know you had all these ideas in your head, probably a list of a thousand things to do, but you have like, you have to pay people to make them and implement them one update at a time. And so I remember calling you, actually, I talked to Damon as well about like, Hey, can you guys make it do this with QuickBooks? Can you guys make it do this with the invoices? Can I make it do this with this? And you're like, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, So what were, when you started this, obviously, when you released it at Mobile Tech, Mobile Tech Expo, that was an issue, but what were some of the struggles that you had to overcome in the beginning um looking back and I was like, oh mobile tech ex- obvious, like this had to happen, but it wasn't easy, I'm sure. What were some of the struggles starting it that almost almost made you stop? Um it's a long, long list. I mean, yeah. it,
1: it's tough. I mean <laughs> some we, of the we, big we, ones. We thought we we thought it was, hey, spend fifty thousand dollars or so, which seemed I mean that seemed crazy, like, mm-hmm. like really expensive. You know, build a software, you're done. And then
0: you guys told me how much you spent on this back in 2015.
1: So we've, we started, we, we, we started with a very modest amount, uh, but it quickly grew to uh, end up being significantly more. Do you want to share? So, so we're, I mean, if you were to, we spent over $5 million on the product to date um, just as far as hiring engineers, designers to do updates, uh, maintenance, bug fixes, all that. Like that's just purely on, you know, getting the product to where it is now and supporting it, um, okay. not counting any like sales or marketing or anything else, just purely engineering effort. Big dollar. Yeah.
0: How much did you spend before you made any money? Um, you know, we had some, any significant, early,
1: money? we had some early investors that kind of helped out too. Okay, nice.
0: Um, and so, but before the app was making an income. We probably, I'm going to guess
1: we were probably at least a half a million dollars in in expenses yeah. before we can kind of get to a point to where we were sort of break even.
0: Yeah. So that's a bit, that's a big, that's a big, uh, risk investment.
1: It yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's scary. Um, yeah. you know, looking back, you know, everything turned out okay, but mm. Yeah, it's, it's, there was a lot of times there where it's, you know, you're, you're having to spend everything you make and put a lot of energy, a lot of effort into the product mm-hmm. and the support of it and promoting it. Um, so it's no joke. Um,
0: yeah. You know, I'll, you I'll have help you know, in the, di- in the divorce court here. Was there ever a time where your wife was like, maybe we shouldn't have done this? Uh, <laughs> or was she like, go get it. Even though you're half a million in and you're like, it's going to make money next year. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> No, there
1: was you know there was many many a moments where she was like you know not only upset about how much we were spending on it but you know I I was for years and years and years I was fixing dents during the day and leaving you know sleeping eating breathing mobile tech RX mm-hmm. during the day at night on the weekends um, to get that where it needed to be and support it and it, yeah that wasn't just a couple months That was yeah. years of doing that so it, it put quite a strain so yeah there to say that there were. There weren't times where she said, What are we doing? Like we need to, you know, this is too yeah. hard. Like, yeah, that happened.
0: I so, think that people think I struggling. think people discount that. I think people don't realize the struggle. I so I do, I I coach essentially business coach newer techs in this industry on how to start a business and make it successful. Um, and how to do marketing and sales and all that stuff. This logo right here is called PDR Launchpad. And um I talk about mobile tech in it Cause I think I'm like, figure out, cancel hep, new Netflix and Hulu and whatnot. And pay I think it's 65 bucks a month or something yeah. to get it. It just, you it, know, collect customer data for you to make everything easier or, or whatever. And you're, I'm not paid to say this from you or, or anything like that. But, uh, um, and I just, and I, and I tell them like, it's not going to be an easy process. Most of them have jobs now and they're trying to transition into PDR. Um, and just like you did, it's like, you're going to work your job and then you're going to, Uh, if you have a lunch break or time before work or the weekends, you're going to go out there and market and sell and try to get an account and fix a dent and not get paid for it. And then think you're good and then fix another day and fail on that. And then have to screw something up and paint a car. Like this is going to happen. Like this is the process of starting a business. Um, It's difficult. You have, you fail and you have to overcome things. And I don't think there's, I don't think enough credit gets given to that, whether it's through social media, online, or even the guys, I, I try to talk about it so much because it is a big struggle to create something successful. And so, but when you do it, I, t- I actually talked to Chris White from Kiko too, about overcoming some of these things to, to get to a point. And I think when we look at mobile tech or and we do our math, like, okay, 65 bucks a month. And they got like 5,000 or 4,000. I don't even know how many people signed up for They're making all this money. What the heck? But we forget you know, the conversations you had with your wife on Friday night, cause you couldn't come home and struggles on the weekends and a half a million dollars in debt and all that stuff. And so I'm glad we started there. I wanted to acknowledge that, yeah. that it's, it's, it's how business, not all business, but a lot of times that's the struggle that, um, we have to go through. You have anything yeah. to add to you that? Think,
1: yeah. I think there is, there's uh, some people that naively may think like, Oh, it's just a, maybe, uh, one, two, three man company and run the numbers on the subscription fees and how many users. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? Like, that's amazing. But yeah. we have 27 full-time employees wow. in the United States, not to mention a, you know, 20 to 30 person overseas team that assists our 27 person team here. Mm-hmm. So it is wow. uh, even, a big operation that, and there's, there's not a lot of profit to be made actually. Yeah. And, and that'll, that'll change because as you get certain things Mm -hmm. in place, you can kind of scale up and it's, so it's not all one-to-one as you grow. So um, there's a method to the madness, but yeah, it's not, not over here just uh, living in mansions and making a ton of money as people might think.
0: Oh, that room Uh, looks pretty big that you're in there. (laughs) I said that room looks pretty big. You're in there. (laughs) Um, When you set out to do this, What did you think, how did you think it would change? Well, did you think it would change the way we do things in our industry? How did you think so? And then now, what, seven years later, what were you right about and wrong about?
1: Yeah, I I mean, we did think it had potential to change the industry because we we were very uh, involved in listening to all the podcasts and being in social media and go to the Mm -hmm. trade shows. And so we knew the conversations that people were having and the struggles with, you know, Rates not increasing over the past twenty years, and um, being able to more accurately estimate a car and having access to certain data, so like we knew we could help in that and so we thought you know the the initial retail slash standard matrix that came out was kind of you know a, a collaborative effort of interviewing people around the country and seeing what mm-hmm. people are charging on these retail jobs when they 're not forced to use you know handed and told to use this matrix, what are people actually charging and and I think it's really helpful to have a platform to make other people aware. Like, hey, this is there's other people that are using these types of numbers. Um, so we knew that just having like a platform to put these things on would be really helpful to the industry. Uh, just like all these groups are, like you know, every podcast that's out there and every Facebook group is super beneficial to have people kind of come together and share thoughts and ideas. And so we're just, we kind of saw ourselves as another platform that was just more integrated into your daily life because you're, you're running your business on it. And so we kind of wanted to merge, we wanted to kind of build something that had the, the basic needs of like a QuickBooks, but then integrate in extra ideas and data and comparative pricing and, you know, um, anything else we
0: could do. And the PDR specific stuff, I think, is like the, you can pick the panel, and have, you know, the wholesale pricing or the price guide pricing or, and that's changed throughout. It wasn't always called that stuff, but, um, because we, we had for the longest time, paper invoices, uh, carbon copy, triple carbon copy paper invoices that would come in books of 50. And, uh, we'd have like a little picture of a car on the side of it. And we'd X put a little X on the spots we were fixing and we'd write stuff out. It seems so ancient now, but it was really only, we only stopped doing that. Like two years ago, even though we had Mobile Tech's Tech TechRx, for the longest time, we still had paper invoices on the back end, um, and we're using the Mobile Tech RX as the front end to mm-hmm. just show everything, but what we got, we did bookkeeping on the back end. Anyways, um, so we used to have a little car, and so it's just, it's just, it's just made for our industry, because there's other estimating software, and there has been before yeah. Mobile Tech RX, but it wasn't specific to our industry. And I think as the world changes and the industry grows and things change, I think bringing these ideas down into a niched, niche form or a niche way for our industry is important. And I think that's important across all, there's so many little random niches and everything. And there's so much, um, there's a, there's a quote, people say there's, there's riches and niches. And I think if you can solve a problem for a little niche and do it really well, then, then you can be successful. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely for the struggle
1: yeah no, I mean you look at other markets too you know uh, people that do landscaping and if you do housework like there's all these other softwares yep. like ours that are estimating invoicing exactly. business management but they incorporate there lingo. go yeah yeah use of the top of the roof to get the automatic quotes and AI and yeah so that's we think we're a little ahead of the curve you're starting to see a lot more of that now um,
0: yeah um, but we're not
1: done I mean we we've built out a pretty <laughs> robust platform but we are I mean, our product roadmap is stacked full of additional feature functionality, build out improvements and all that. So that's
0: why we have you on here and we're about to get to that. And one more question I'm curious about is, was looking back, was there anything, you probably have a thousand answers to this too, that you wish you could have done better? Like a big thing that you could have done better that would have made a bigger difference looking back? Cause it's easy looking back, but um.
1: I think it's important with software to, to sometimes slower is better. And so I do think looking back, there was a time, you know, you've been you know, with us as a customer. For, I was the
0: biggest complainer. I'm surprised you don't remember me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's the, yeah. The biggest issue is having tech support. So <laughs> then we got to listen to all that. No, uh, the biggest, the biggest thing I could, if I could go back and do something different, it'd probably be just, um, we did a big kind of V2, you know, totally changed the UI. Um, I would have just taken that process more of a transitionary a little slower you kind Mm of uh, without doing that you don't realize with software how much people get used to the actions and flows and look of something and if you change that uh, there's an once you get adapted to it it's fine but yeah I think we could have handled that better as far as being more vocal about when it was going to occur maybe doing it in stages having it you know Thir- more thoroughly tested. We kind of were like rushing to get out by that MTE of that year. We always try to have some big new release for MTE. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know exactly what year. I think that was 2017 or 18. But um, yeah, just with software, I think just slower can be better sometimes. And you, with any, with it's probably happens with, you know, every business, really, you have all these opportunities and ideas to expand in other countries or add other languages and add this feature and that feature. And you can go down a rabbit hole really quickly. So that's I think crazy. just focusing, you know, we're a niche software. And so trying to remain focused and niche and uh, not run too quickly in multiple directions. Uh, we've, we've gotten in trouble with that before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? I mean, that's, biz- like, that's business in general. It's like, oh, I'm going to do PDR and then isn't working. you like, oh, I'll just add windshield chip repair, or headlight restoration, or I'll detail cars or something. And you get away from the core competency that you have. And that's, that's easy in business, especially when it seems like the, you're supposed to go fast through social media and hearing stuff you're supposed to be like crushing it and moving and hustling and doing all these things when it's like really sometimes it's about perfecting the thing that you're good at and doing being the best at that and canceling out all the noise of literally i because i called you guys several times and said can you do this with the software and i think i talked to damon more um Mm -hmm. than you but like can you do this and they're like we're working on it." like can you do this i'd like it to integrate with quickbooks i i all these things that you guys are probably working on too, but I'm just like this millennial. It's like, it's an app, just like, make it work. Come on. Just yeah. like change the zeros and ones. Like, um, but uh, to, to cancel out that noise a little bit and just be like, we're going to do what we, what we need to do, what we yeah. know we need yeah. to do. Cause this guy doesn't know how it all works on the back end, which I didn't. Um, it, that's
1: one of those universal truths, you mm-hmm. know, that applies everywhere. Just, you know, yeah. you want to, uh, stay focused. And that's okay to expand and grow. we just do it in a timely manner as you uh, progress through the stages yeah. instead of just doing it all at once.
0: Yeah. So some new big news, probably what, maybe a month ago now, um, yeah. you guys got purchased or you guys sold to someone else. And there's a little bit of rumbling. Some guys are like, now it's now mobile tech, mobile tech Rx is going to be ruined. Big business is going to change the way it does stuff. It's not a niche anymore. Now they're going to go away from PDR or whatever. And then there's a lot of guys and i probably put myself in this camp. I'm like, okay, these guys have done well so far. I've been with the app since the beginning. Let's see what I'm guessing more funding and probably more resources now, not 27 employees, probably a lot more. What can they do now? So there's both sides of that. And hopefully the second half of this podcast, we can kind of talk about what the future looks like your game plan. Like you said, you have a list of things you want to build out. Um, So you got purchased by Aztec like the scanning company, there's actually a larger company that owns that company as well. So technically it got purchased by the parent company and you, you could share that if you want. Yeah. But, um, how'd that start? Did you reach out? Did they reach out? Where did this, where did this idea to sell or, or merge or whatever go? You can explain it, go from there. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: And the, the company that technically, you know, we, partnered with is repairify repairify and so look, you know most people if they hear repairify and look it up they're actually actually if you type in like repairify.com i think it mm-hmm. forwards you to aztec so aztec is kind of the leading company under oh, that okay. know, but there's quite a few other uh companies underneath repairify and that's the name that you'll probably start hearing more often as all these companies kind of start coming together mm-hmm. so i mean I, look i'll tell you this is a great outcome for mobile tech Rx users. Like this is a really, really good thing for everybody involved. Um, it's, it's rare that you have these like win-win situations and this definitely is one of those. We feel like we are somewhat, you know, stewards of the industry in a way of kind of always trying to look out for the user base. And so we knew that if we ever did sell or take an investment, that it would be only in a way that would be a positive to our user base as opposed to kind of, um, you know, going in a direction that could negatively hurt them. And so this is definitely a win. Um, Aztec is essentially, you know, with their resources and what we do, being able to partner together to, you know, integrate scanning, uh, possibly providing additional data when it comes to repair procedures and, you know, just continuing to make your job easier and to give you more tools to do it. And then, you know, I'll talk about this in a second, potentially even helping you build and expand your business as well. So we're going to try to get out of just, hey, we're an estimating invoicing software and become a little more integrated with your business more business management tools. And and hopefully with the end goal of trying to increase the amount of money you can make in any given year and allow you to hire more people if that's your desire with your company. So I'll talk about that uh, in a second but you, you had asked first, like, how does, how did this go down?
0: Yeah. Did you reach and out? So, did they reach out?
1: How does. Totally unexpected. We weren't looking to sell um, things were going great over here. And uh, we do these meetings all the time with people when there's a potential partnership or a way to integrate. And so it kind of started with that. Uh, we just had, you know, we, and we've had this conversation with a couple other scanning companies before. Like we know that pre and post scans are really big and, not only for hail, food. but it's outside of that. I mean yeah. that if you're really taking care of your business, you should be concerned about what codes you might throw or what you've done on a car mm-hmm. after you've worked on it. Even if it's just a, you know, $75 car at a car dealership, Like you should actually be concerned about whether you take a bumper off or a light out and, and mess something up. And that does get into an accident and through the, you know, inspection and, uh, you know, trace back to you actually working on it and potentially being liable for it. I mean, retail jobs, body shops, hail cars, like all of that. It, it's only a matter of time before that'll just be a part of the natural process. Mm-hmm. If you do work for enterprise right now, you're forced to do it on every single car. Okay. So it's, it's coming. And so we knew that was a uh, big, so we were like, okay, well, how can we help with that? Maybe we can go find some of these companies that do this already. And, you know, let's just start consolidating, like instead of having to use multiple programs, Maybe we can somehow allow you to do that inside of mobile tech. Maybe we can use our purchasing power to get better deals to our users. You know, we're always just looking for ways to integrate and make things more efficient and kind of stay ahead of the curve. So we knew that was big. and So that it started out with just a meeting about that and um, quickly turned into, Oh my gosh, like we love y'all's company. We love what y'all done. We love, you know, that your user base, a lot of them do use our products already it was a really great opportunity for us to make your product better and for you know you guys to also help us, you know, expand our tool line throughout your user base. It was just a match made in heaven. Like it really
0: So it's more of a partnership and you so and you didn't you didn't sell to make millions of dollars and stop being the technician mind behind Mobile Tech Rex.
1: Yeah. So the the intention of that first meeting was partnership, you know, just integration. And which led to talks of investment, um, which led to an actual investment where we don't change anything we're doing. So, um, in fact, you know, you know, I still have a significant amount of my equity is still in the new company, Repairify. So this is not a situation where it's like, all right, we're selling, peace out. So I still. Intend- good luck,
0: PDR industry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That, absolutely nothing has changed with our company. We are still. Independently operating with our own roadmap, uh, we still have our same office in Austin and San Antonio, same employees, same logo, same everything. I am participating in some additional meetings with uh, Repairify to make sure that you know initiatives between all the companies are aligned. But it's, it's business as usual. I mean, I, I strongly feel that if we kept all of this completely quiet and didn't even tell our employees, they would have no idea that we were acquired. That's really how
0: minimal. So then change. why did you do it? So what, what are the benefits have,
1: of it then? Nothing's changed, you know, immediately as far as like culture and sort mm-hmm. of day-to-day. But what this does allow us to do is fulfill one of our visions we've had for a very long time, which is actually to create a, a marketplace. So we, you know, if you were to take a look at a map of the US and look at our user base, it's an impressive coverage. You know, there's technicians largely that do dent repair, but detailers and wheel reconditioning and and other cosmetic services really scattered all over the country. And so we feel like the reconditioning industry is pretty much unknown except for insurance companies and car dealerships. So like if somebody wants a dent fixed, um, they're probably thinking, oh, it's not worth my time. I don't want to go to a body shop and do that. Like most people don't know what PDR is, or even that there's this subset of people that go do wheel repair and they make a living just going and fixing rims. Like people
0: make good livings, both
1: PDR and wheel repair. People don't, don't know this stuff exists. It's really just a car Mm -hmm. dealership thing. So we feel like there's certain connections that repairify has uh, that we've been working on, but kind of take their resources and add it to ours. We feel like there's ways we can go out and make the awareness significantly bigger than it is now and help bring in a large chunk of new jobs to the industry that didn't exist before. And we feel like our user base is perfect to handle those. So the vision here that we're going to be building out, and this is going to take a little time. It's not, in fact, it's the beginning phase of this. You'll see if you look at the most recent app update on iOS, there's a new tab on the left called marketplace on the sidebar menu. And so the vision here is that you're going to be able to say, Hey, maybe maybe it's my off season, and um, you know I'm a hail chaser. I've got three months off. I'm open to doing some extra work if it's around. Maybe you're you know, you've got a stable route, and you're just looking to increase jobs on off days, or you want to do something on the weekend, or maybe you're ready to start hiring people and you want to you know make sure you fill them up with work. The idea here is that you can raise your hand and say, "All right, I am interested in didn't repair jobs. I'm interested in." Doing calibrate, maybe I have a shop where I do repairs, and I want to add calibrations. Um, you know, there's this horizontal expansion into additional services that we want to be able to kind of put out on a menu, and you pick and choose. So I want this, 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 and this. Okay, for these, I need to be have this insurance coverage. I need this certification, and I need it on these tools, and you know, whatever the other uh, things are. And if you hit that, then you will start receiving leads. Um, so like a gig economy, where you will start having uh, these jobs that come in that pay X amount with pictures, or you know calibration jobs, or what, what have you, and you can kind of grab these as needed to fill in the gaps. And so we want to, our goal is to use kind of the mobile tech mindset of let's take care of the technicians, and these will you'll know, be high quality you know you know estimates that we're leveraging AI to kind of help with that where we can deliver something that should be a job that is exciting to have that you would not have had before. So our intention is not to go and and try to compete with, uh, you know, jobs that you have is try to bring new awareness to the industry and bring new jobs into play. And so that's, that's the biggest initiative we're working on is being able to actually start pumping work into the industry and giving you the tools to expand. So if you do have, we talked about being niche and, you know, focus on PDR, but, if you're in a position where you've got that covered and you're stable and strong and you're like ready to dip your toe into something else, we feel like we can really help broaden your skill set into a couple other very lucrative areas that are great additions. Which you can either do yourself or you could potentially hire people into your company to do.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did an episode way back in the day, um, maybe episode number five or six of my podcast, and um, I. Have said it a thousand different times. The biggest problem in our industry is not brokers or percentages that you get or tools or anything. It's the fact that very small percentage of people know we exist. Period. Like we are short tens of thousands, tens of thousands of PDR technicians. That might be a statement that not everyone agrees with, but when five percent or three percent or eight percent of the population knows that. PDR is an option. The reason they that, that that's the case is because there's not enough people out there telling people about it. Um, yeah. And so I fully believe that that is the biggest problem in our industry is that people don't know they exist. And for someone to help solve that, or all of us collectively, including you, all the technicians doing our own marketing and things like that to help solve that, I think is important. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, you're trying to go at it from Essentially, a marketplace, a national, national U.S. wide marketplace, to where customers can go on to the Mobile Tech RX marketplace and find somebody to get their vehicle fi- fixed. It, it, in general terms, whether it's cosmetic, mechanical, like you said, whatever it may be, that's the big, that's the yeah. big goal.
1: Yeah, the the, the goal is to doing. essentially connect. People, you know, vehicle owners, mm-hmm. um, and it's TBD on whether that's uh, you know the consumer or a dealership or insurance yeah, yeah, company or an auction yeah. or whatever. You, how works, connect yeah. vehicles in need of repairs uh, mm-hmm. with technicians that can do it, and um, and it's not as simple as that. It's not going out there and just you know trying to find people that are already raising their hand for repairs and connect them. It's trying to add more people to the pool. Mm-hmm. That could want repairs, and then help connect them to, and do it with a mindset of, "Hey, this industry has, for a long time, uh, been at the mercy of, you know, trickling down to middlemen to where the actual end technician, ultimately, doesn't make as much as they could if they were to get more direct. So we we want to try to uh, make that process more efficient, so there's more meat on the bone at the end of the day, too.
0: What's your thoughts? Take discussions if you could share on working with insurance companies
1: we haven't done any integration <clears throat> partnerships with any insurance companies really mm-hmm. um so we i know from a technician point of view that's a big point of contention um, yeah but be. from our side we have to kind of stay hands off on that and we haven't approached insurance companies um uh we haven't approached insurance to companies directly. What we have done is tried to go the route of hey, there's claims that come in all the time that are probably under your deductible that potentially um, are going to a body shop when they probably be more efficient to go somewhere else. A, mm-hmm. a good example is people claim you know, you're driving through McDonald's and you scrape your rim. A lot of people will see that in claim insurance and that ends up going to a body shop. And so we've
0: spoken to and they hire a wheel guy to come
1: <laughs> Yeah. So we've spoken to. Uh, partners who represent insurance companies who have expressed interest in being able to tell that that could go straight to a wheel person and use our network to just send that straight to a wheel person.
0: The easiest way in my opinion to connect customers with technicians would be to do what the body shops did. And it, it sounds derogatory, but get in bed with, or, um, partner up with drp or whatever with insurance companies to get all those customers because everybody not everybody most people are insured they have problems they call their insurance company it's very in america that's how you do things but there is no plan to just be like okay we're going to talk to all the insurance companies and get our stuff in there and maybe they'll maybe they'll mess up their pricing a little bit and then we'll have to do new drp pricing that's not in the works that's not necessarily the way that you want to try to get the consumer's attention that's
1: not how we're approaching it now, but I'm not yeah. gonna. I won't stand up here and say like, "Oh, there's no never a point in time where we'll have that discussion with them," because I think there could be a really good opportunity there, to have work, you know, funnel directly from insurance companies to technicians, in a way where the pricing is done that's fair. Like, there's there's a way to make that be really good for both parties.
0: Yeah, um, so. and I'm 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 happy with like the like you know. I charge full retail matrix for my retail repairs. And I also do wholesale accounts and I don't charge full retail matrix for everything I touch. Obviously it's a quantity. It's a quantity thing. I'll go there. I'll fix 15 cars at a set price. If something's bigger, I'll charge a little more for it or whatever. So I'm all for quantity creating a little bit of a discount. And it sounds like you're kind of along those lines. You're not saying that it's not possible, but if an insurance company called me and said, Hey, I want to send you you know, 50 claims a month for retail jobs, but I need them at 20% discount. <laughs> I, that's probably something I would do. But as yeah. long as the people listening and myself and and we're all on the same page of like, and it sounds like you have this technician first mind that we're not just going to go in there and do what's right for the income of Mobile Tech Rx, but what's right for the income of the end user technician. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear.
1: Yeah, and there's, I mean, the, we're building this in a way to where the lead sources are could be from multiple different sources. So you may have lead sources yeah, uh, direct from and, consumer, and maybe or... maybe they're consumer, maybe they're insurance, maybe they're from overflow from a, another technician. We think that's another big area where a detailer's out there and they're doing a, a, a job, and this happens almost on every job. Like, oh, uh, can you also fix that scratch or that dent while here? Uh, sorry, I don't, I don't do that. Well, now you could use our AI and we'll at least be able to tell a detailer that doesn't know a lot about dents, with pretty good confidence that that mm-hmm. is fixable. And here's sort of the range that you're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. based off of, you know, retail price it matrix, and then be able to send that through the ether to the nearby technicians that have opted in for work. So I think even there's just, there's countless ways that leads could come in. And so, um, and there'll probably be variable pricing where some are like, these are the best leads ever. And some it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, these are steady, but they're not as good. And everyone will be free to opt in or opt out and mm-hmm. uh, on anything they want. So we're not definitely not going to be putting any, anybody in a position where we're forcing anybody's hand. And yeah, sure. your point, the most important thing is we do have uh, the technicians in the back of our mind when we make
0: all of our decisions. Mm-hmm. That's awesome to hear. Um, I, we use a CRM system. They're becoming more and more, Common in the world, and now probably more and more in the PR industry. I don't know a ton of guys using them, maybe a dozen or a couple dozen. But um, is there? I, I use high level. Go high level um, to for my CRM system. I know there's a. I can't think. HubSpot. I think is another big one. HubSpot's big, yeah. Hub- is there any plans of integration through like Zapier system or direct integration into a CRM system? Cause if I could have mobile tech RX Mary, my high level, that would be wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Going back to what we spoke about earlier, kind of focus. On- yeah,
0: I'm asking you to do more stuff already.
1: <laughs> we, well, us building out a CRM inside of mobile tech has been asked many times, but that there's so many companies like HubSpot that, that are do 10, amazing 10, 15 already, years ahead of you. It makes more sense for us to integrate. I agree. So we, um, we are anticipating, you know, the goal is to, to at some point have a Zapier connection. We actually are beta testing a Zapier connection right now with a, help with a client. Um, and so this is this particular setup that we're doing is more of a manual, not public
0: mm-hmm. behind
1: the scenes, but the the framework's there to where if this works out smooth, then it makes it a lot easier for us to then take it to that next step to where you can go in and we're just another app you can choose from. So the goal is, for CRM stuff to get to where you can just integrate with your favorite CRM. And um, for those that just want, you know, there's, when you say CRM, some people think of the full gambit where you're tracking your, all of your interactions and you can mm-hmm. automate responses and, and mass emails and all that. Yep. Some people that I've spoken to, they're like, what they're really talking about wanting is just being able to way to get more reviews and to do um, you know, reminders of a, appointments coming up. So the low-hanging fruit stuff that's integrated with our calendar, we can already do. So a lot of people don't know that you can go in and yeah, you know, set up text alerts for upcoming appointments. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you close an invoice, it sends a text or an email prompting them to click on a link to send you a review. And mm-hmm. so we've got some of that functionality in there. Uh, we probably won't take it. Uh, I know we won't take it to the point where we'd ever... To full CRM. A long CRM. But we do mm-hmm. want to integrate, yes.
0: And I think my last or two episodes ago was an episode on what a crm system the guy that actually kind of controls my crm system and how it does so if you guys are like what's crm go listen to podcast episode two episodes ago with a uh, mat and um you'll you'll have an idea but yeah basic level like appointment reminders ask for reviews they're inside of mobile tucker x you you can already do that correct um Is there anything else that I missed that you'd want to, that you want to say, um, to the people that do listen to us, to the PDR coach podcast, um, that are, that you want to talk about this transition, the purchase, anything that we didn't touch on that you want to just take a moment to say?
1: Um, you know, I guess, you know, just, yeah, reiterate that, you know, this is a, a a really good thing. I mean, it truly is. I can, I can look, anybody in the face, an employee of ours, uh, the new company that invested in us, you, any other user, I can look you straight in the face and say, this is, this is a good thing. And it really is. And, you know, we'll continue, uh, moving forward whenever we make decisions, continuing to keep all of you guys and girls, uh, in mind and know that we wouldn't be here without you too. So, I mean, we, we make our living. You, you know, you help us make our living. We help you make your living. I think it's a really good relationship and we'll always never forget that and always keep everybody that's helped us get here in mind.
0: I don't need to say anything after that. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad we got to uh, glad we got to do this. And I hope it helped some people with perspective on the situation and where this, this particular app is going to help us move forward. So I appreciate you coming on, man.
1: I appreciate it, Corey. Thank you.
0: Yes. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR coach podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR coach or find me on my website at dot C O R Y K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.